This is Political Depot. I'm your host, Marcus Boyer. Stay tuned after these messages for a show with special guests of Black Fox News, Bishop Grady. Stay tuned after these messages. Defending the truth, uncovering corruption, speaking truth to power. Download Political Depot whenever podcasts are available. Only Verizon was ranked number one by Root Metrics. Number one in three Open Signal Mobile Experience Awards. Number one in video streaming, according to Nielsen. And number one in network quality, according to J.D. Power. And that's why the only network to win in all four major awards is the one more people rely on. Experience America's most reliable network on the best device, iPhone. Get iPhone XR on us when you buy another and Apple Music on us, too. Political Depot, I'm your host, Marcus. Our special guest, Bishop Grady. Grady, how you doing today? I'm all right, man. Yeah, you know, this is Grady, street supporter of the New World Order, editor-in-chief of Black Fox News, signing in. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, most definitely, most definitely. Um, so you've been pretty pretty busy during the week. I've been checking out your videos, you know, staying tuned in to Black right. Fox News. Yeah, for sure. But speaking of the yeah. news, we um recently had two nights of debate. Um, You know, some of the key moments for me, was uh, Kamala Harris and Castro, Julian Castro. Um, you know, just to do a little takeaway from Kamala Harris, um, as Van Jones said, a star was born, in my opinion. You know, I really, I, I wasn't quite feeling her, but after seeing her performance and after, after seeing how she pushed back against Biden, I finally said, you know what, finally somebody has spoken up, you know, within the Democratic Party and really push back at him. So I, I was glad to see that. I mean, what was your takeaway from it? I mean, I felt the same way. I felt, you know, she she, she basically pulled his pants down in front of the, uh, you know what I mean, in front of the, the student body. Like, you know what I mean? As far as somebody that, uh, I, and I don't, I don't know why he gives off this vibe. It probably is because he's, you know, possibly because he's a white male, but, yeah. um, you know, people see him as still being a viable candidate just because he was the vice president to Obama. And I don't know, I guess maybe because he, he's like calm and collective, yeah. uh, at least, you know, purports himself to be that. And, um, yeah, and she, and, you know, she, she asked him about something and he got caught out there lying too. Yeah. Because what he said was, uh, that he actually did not, um, you know, he, that the issue was with the city council, but yeah. that was not true. And there's all types of evidence that has come up showing that he was pro, uh, or he was anti-busing. Yeah, and, the, and it's funny because when when she first brought it up, she referenced to a young lady, you know, um, not being able to um, integrate properly because of, you know, the laws on the city level weren't changed. You know, she didn't, when she went on to tell a story, and then the part that got me was, okay, she she laid it all out there. She said, you know what? You were against busing. You know, this is a time when 
um, segregation was, you know, Brown versus Board of Education was already the, the law of the land. And pretty much the schools were given a certain amount of time to bring the whites and the, the blacks together. And it was Biden who would not, on a federal level, would not agree with, you know, busing in terms of mixing the students. So she pushed mm-hmm. back against that, and he kept referring back to her. He kept saying, um, "On the take that up with your city council. But we all know that if, if schools, you can't rely on uh People, um, people in government to do things on a local level. You have to mandate it across the board in terms of federal. So all she mm. kept saying was to him was a valid point. You should have pushed for it in terms of getting it mandated across the board federally. She said, and he kept going back, well, your city council, your city council. And then for him to cut it short and say he was out of time, I just think it, it, he appeared very weak to me and he appeared to be, uh, defeated. Yeah, I mean, he had a, he had he had a chance to, you know, um, own up to him and be like, you know, yeah. you know, I was I was wrong. Yeah. Um, that he's you know to say that he stood on the wrong side of history or something like that, whatever. Which honestly wouldn't have been enough for me personally, but at least it wouldn't have been what actually happened. You know yeah. what I mean? It wouldn't have been as bad as what happened. Like what happened is like it would have been know, him. You, no, no black person, only a sellout. And I repeat. I don't yeah. care who's listening. Only a sellout yeah. would vote for this man after knowing that information. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, and it kind of it kind of put me in a quagmire because at the end of the day, I've always I don't necessarily care for Biden. I don't necessarily care for Biden, but when it comes to certain policies, you know, he has been on the forefront. But the issue with Biden is he's done a lot of things that were questionable and. They say the best the best way to learn a person is to look at their history, look at their past. So he has, um, you know, he was one of the main supporters of the, the three strikes law against, you know, that negatively affected right. people of color. Um, right. He said things that were questionable about criminals in the past, and now we find out that he was against, you know, integrating in terms of busing the children back and forth after Brown versus the Board of Education and the Supreme Court ruled that, you know, they, that the schools can be integrated. So when, when I hear this, it's kind of hard for me to um, sympathize with him or empathize with him or to even be a supporter of him. And that's why I chose this week to support Kamala Harris, not because of that moment, but because that showed me as a woman and as a candidate, she can take on her male counterparts and she can be just as strong as they can. Well, yeah, I, I, I always, I always uh, thought that about Kamala Harris because I've seen her in Senate hearings yeah. where um, she stood up and, um, and how she's grilled people where it was like, you know, it was, um, I mean, you know, it just, it just, I, I've seen her speak, you know what yeah, I mean? And that's, most definitely. That, that just goes for, that's just on the oratorical level. I know she can handle her own. Yeah. And, um, and also things that she says, it does like represent how I feel. She does, she has spoken for me in the past. Yeah. Um, I am curious to see what, how she addresses the, uh, her track record as a prosecutor yeah. because there's a lot of information being passed uh, around on, on the conscious community yeah. that basically see her as somebody that was, you know, locking a lot of black and brown people up, you know? Can I, um, 
somebody actually, I want to say somebody, somebody mentioned that at the debate and saying, you know, you like you were, you were a prosecutor, like I was a, def- a public defendant. I forget yeah. who, um, but somebody had made that, had took that shot, and you know, that's 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 some real, that's a real thing to me, you know, yeah. like you you, I imagine you have some option. If you're uh, to be, you know, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, 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 completely, I completely agree with you. To the employee level, but, yeah, um, yeah that, that's that's something I'm curious to find out because just because somebody is, you know, has, has every brother ain't no brother, every sister ain't no sister. You exactly. Exactly. You know, exactly. So, you know and, it could be fun. Like, and you're you know, right. That's my patent process, though. That's my personal you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we got to be watched. Like, you know, black yeah. people, we've been, we've been screwed a lot over the years, over the decades. Yeah. So, you know, we got to be careful. And but, that, but as far as that night, though, I felt like she took the cake. I do I do feel like she took the cake. And yeah. I, was, I was a little surprised. <laughs> nah, I always knew she had it in her. But like you said, the reason why I was kind of standoffish is because of her record in terms of being a you know, California, you know, uh, attorney general and district attorney. She's somebody who, who, as you said, she played a, a large part in the incarceration, particularly in California. So, but I will say this: it's, I won't say that she won't be a good president because of that. But I will say that at every point in our lives, we 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 take jobs, we make decisions, and those decisions hopefully down the line make us better people. And you know, I don't I don't condone a lot of things that go on within the justice department or the criminal justice department. But I will, mm-hmm. but I will, uh, I will say this, that laws are put into place and people are put in positions of power. And this, this relationship that they always say between the police and the district attorneys is never going to be a perfect relationship between the community and the police because their number one job is to bring order, to arrest those who commit crimes. So I think that it's a mis conception when they say no the community now on a community level yes it could be a lot more uh a lot more safer and a lot more fair but in terms of this being this this perfect relationship i I don't never see that happening because these are people who are in a position of authority and power but like um like van jones was saying on his show the other day we can bridge the gap between police and the community and the misconception of the black community and Hopefully, over the years, we'll, we'll see less discrimination and we'll see the death toll fall in terms of, you know, in terms of blacks. Because we do know that there are more whites that are killed by police than there is blacks. But we look at, we have such a small, I believe we make up what blacks in the United States, what, 13% of the population or something like that. Yeah. But we look at that percentage and because it's smaller than that of, our, you know, the Caucasians, that doesn't excuse the fact that we're being killed. You know, we're being pulled over. We're being killed just because of the color of our skin. We can't, we can't just, uh, you know, they say drop your guns, you know, but that's not our our weapon. Our weapon is our skin. Our skin color is being weaponized. So we have to find a, a way to put somebody in office that's going to be able to um, really put policy forward that will help us in terms of it being the community, the black community, because there's so much oppression going on in our community that if we have the right person in office, 
it can really change a lot of lives, and I truly believe that. Hmm. Well, um, I think uh, I think from a I think from a um, from a morale standpoint, from a uh, energy and leadership standpoint, I think there's some truth to what you said. Yeah. Um. And, um. Hence, hence why I even like. Even though I don't see her as no as a president, um, yeah. Marianne Williamson, yeah. uh, from the first debate, uh, she 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 stood out. She seemed she seemed kind of like um, a hippie with her suggestions. <laughs> you know, everything seemed like kind of like you know about you know world peace and energy. Yeah. She might have ostensibly came off like that, but the, but what she was saying was a hundred percent real and necessary. Yeah. Like as far as um, when they were talking about, uh, you know, the justice, the justice system. I mean, she, she, and she brought up how it was, you know, pinned up against uh, black people. Yeah. Uh, but and you know, why she support reparations and all of that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what she did say was, um, and how you know it needs to be a change in attitude, and our and our people. Yeah. As far as like implementing the policies, like if you don't change that then everything else is like you know people could have all these people could have all of these policies and these plans but yeah. you know if we don't change uh, xyz like it's uh if we don't change our attitude it's not it's not it doesn't matter yeah. and even though that's not what people want to hear even though that's not for if you're on a uh if you're applying for a job you're interviewing this is these are basically job interviews you know for for the presidency and that's not really a good way to to respond to some of these questions. Like, you know, who cares yeah. about policy and all that? Because that's a big part of what you have to do. Yeah. But she was still 100% correct. Yeah. I think she, she needs to be somebody's goddamn spiritual advisor. You know what I'm saying? Or like yeah. a vice president or some shit. Because it ain't like what's, it, it, it's just what she's saying is, is, is so, it's almost too real for the you know, the seat of a president, honestly, yeah. because you, when you get step in that seat, your hands have to get or so dirty from day one yeah. that and it's so, um, that's not really how you can lead that from that position. But yeah. you do need to hear that. You do need that in your ear because um, the things we're talking about uh, for our child separation at the border, yeah. you know, that's it. It, it takes a, a wicked soul to even carry things like, like that out. You know what I mean? It takes a rot in America to even do things yeah. like that on, on a spiritual level. Or even when she was talk when they were talking about healthcare, yeah. and, and she was like, you know, you got this plan and it's supposed to work this way. You have that plan and there's the pros and cons of that. But what we really need to get down to is why are people so sick? Yeah. And, and people were not trying to hear that. And, you know, I watch um, <laughs> Steve Colbert. He's, that's That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm watching him, like, you know, he pretty much just, if you don't know about Steve Colbert, he pretty much just, yeah, like, so him and, you know, remember John Stewart from Daily Show and all of that. I like John Stewart. I'm a fan of John Stewart. Right. Like, and if you notice, when it comes to, like, they really just be roasting the hell out of politicians. Like, yeah, of course. So I rock rock with them, like, the long way, like, and, um, but, uh, so he was doing that. So that, that, of course, like, Gave him a lot of room to clown, to clown her, like, <laughs> you know, who's <laughs> and all of that. But she was talking some 
fucking real. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we do, we do need to think about like why people are so sick. Like look at our diets. Look at the, yeah. the system of like what's being promoted to us. So, um, and the same thing goes for the goes for the police department. I say all of that to say um, that in agreeing with her, it is hard for me to say that um, you know a president can change a lot of the issues that I have with uh, that that with this country. And I no, think, and I and I believe that you're right. When the, when we elect a president, there are so many different issues put in front of him every day, and we 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 tend to forget that this is why we send our representatives, this is why we send our senators to Washington to be our voice within our community. So a lot of people don't they don't contact their their local um you know senator or representative because they are they are our voice in Washington. If you want laws to be passed, if you want, you know, bills to be set forth, those are the people mm-hmm. you need to lobby. And right. it, it, it and you have I've seen so many times family family members who lose a loved one and they lobby and they lobby and then finally laws are put into place. So if only we come together, whether it be as a um, whether it be the black community, whether it be, you know, our, our communities in general, and we say, look, we're fed up. I believe in civil dis- disobedience, and, and and that's why I've always said it's hard for me to, and you might not share the same sentiment, but this is just how I feel, me personally. I look at groups like Black Lives Matter. I support their cause, but how they carry themselves from state to state, it's hard for me to identify with because they're setting their own communities on fire. They're, mm-hmm. you know. I don't believe that what they're doing is effective because they're looking at us like thugs and lawless people. Now, if we are to practice civil disobedience in a way that is, you know, basically beating them at their own game. But when we set fire to our own communities, the damages we're doing is to ourselves. You know, we're out of jobs. We're out of um, Rite Aid, pharmacy, CVSs. So I've always said that. Well, well, we got to be careful with that narrative, though, because... What's, what I what I've seen happen um, from my own research and own analysis on eyes is um, people people do you know you have rogue rogue protesters yeah that do that that is um, you know get to that get to that um, get to that level of rage where they yeah they are setting stuff on fire and and causing damage in their communities or whatever and then the media will turn around and say that that's Black Lives Matter. What I've also seen happen, which is even more nefarious, is that um, you, you've had, um, even in Ferguson, whatever, this video yeah. circulated on, on Facebook when you saw um, some, you know, white motherfuckers or whatever masked up, yeah. marching with the Black Lives Matter protesters, and then start throwing rocks and start throwing shit. So the video that circulated on Facebook, you know, the, the protests, the marchers were like, you know, we're checking him like, yo, bro, what what are you doing? Whatever, like, who the hell, like, yeah. who the hell are you? Why are you doing that? And he kind of ended up having to run away. Oh, from I'm sure. I'm sure because, and, and, and I'm not, you know, blind to the fact that there are people put in place a lot of times to uh, make a group of people or a gathering or, you know, um, to appear as something that it's not. We look at, you right. know, we, we look at that, yeah. and that's And that's happened, that's happened repeatedly to where, I mean, honestly, it only takes one, you know, you know how white America can be. Can, can be. Of course, we you look know, at Trump. Trump sent Trump sent hacklers. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. He sent he sent protesters to Hillary Clinton's events, 
multiple times. It was discovered that they were from a pack supporting Trump, and they went there with one goal, and that was to rehab it and disrupt. And well, being from a pack is different. Would it would was it known that he ordered them to go there? Well, it was it was later discovered. But that just goes to show that at, before that was discovered, the narrative was that there was violence. And, and it also happened to him. There was violence at his, but come to find out later on that a, a pack for Hillary Clinton had sent supporters there to, to start fighting and carrying on. So you're right. Sometimes we can't really take things out of context. We have to know the entirety of, you know, before. And I don't want to just say all Black Lives Matter because, like I said, the ones that I was able to identify in the young lady who who started Black Lives Matter, she came out and she pushed back and she said, look, um, these are not, you know, all, they might say they're Black Lives Matter, but they might not be truly, you know, under the same umbrella as us or believe in the same causes. And I guess that can happen with any organization. So I don't want to just make it seem like I'm just saying that, you know, straight across the board. But that's just what I yeah, felt. You got to be careful with that, with, with, with labeling them as, well, just even with forming the the conclusion that you that you form, yeah, which would be like you know that you know they that they they set fire to communities and some protests and all of that, whatever. And I I, I, haven't, I haven't seen a situation where you could directly pin that on, or in, or you know the organizers of Black Lives Matter, even though they might be chanting that. And, um, well, my issue is when you're not pushing back and coming out and with a public statement saying that that's not us. But when you're acquiesced to it and you're not saying you're not separating yourself from them, then you're going to be identified. Right. You're going to be. And that was my whole thing. But she finally came out towards the um, I believe this was during Baltimore when the Baltimore when the young man died in police custody. His neck. Freddie Gray. Yeah. Um her refusal to come out and say, you know, this isn't Black Lives Matter, but she finally came out and said it. So, um, I mean, I'm in completely agreement with you, but if you're not separating yourself, if you're not disavowing what people yeah, they, are they, saying they, in your name. You're guilty, too. You're guilty, too. Like, they, yeah, they, and the same thing goes for these right-wing motherfuckers. That, yeah, of course. You know, extreme right-wing, uh, when these extreme uh, right-wing people jump black people or they'll you know, come out with tiki torches or do do all of this like and, Nazi deplorable, bro. and, and nobody from the right wing condemns it, then it is make it sound they make them sound complicit. Yeah, and they say, you know, quietness is you know, you're being complicit with it. So yeah. that is worse than that, you know, being the person who's committing, you know, the bigotry or the hate and and like what we see what happening, you know, there were uh Virginia, what was it, West Virginia? Was it Virginia or West Virginia? Um, Charlottesville? Charlottesville, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, see, we see what happened there. You know, the young lady, you know, she lost her life. And, you know, the president comes out. Our president of the United States comes out and says, no, bro, there were fine people on both sides. So I don't understand, you know, instead of condemning mm-hmm. it, condemning the hate and then saying, look, we don't have no place for this, you basically... Well, you, Go ahead. To be to be fair, because you know I, I don't you never know who's who's listening or watching. Yeah, he Trump did eventually say he did eventually come out and condemn them. Um, but what those what these you know right wing people don't understand is that it it shouldn't take that. The, yeah. the KKK Nazi not and, and you know the Nazis and all of that white supremacists. These are these are known. 
hateful ideologies and organizations. Yeah. It's known. So when you when you have so when these uh, organizations are allowed to congregate out in the open, they're already bringing them. Uh, they're already bringing an evil energy to the situation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to make it sound fairy tale but this yeah. is what it is. Is you're already if what you represent is hate and you're allowed to congregate out in the open and then be protected by police, you can only expect bad things to happen. So I don't even think that, I think the first condemnation should have been that they shouldn't have been congregating in the first place. Definitely not out in the open like that. I don't believe so either, but it is protected underneath their, their, you know, freedom of speech. Well, it's protected unless you're a known hate organization. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not going to let certain, uh, I'm trying to think, because I did a little, I did a little stint in jail and, um, there was actually a list of organizations that are known as hate organizations, and you know. Well, the KKK is among them, and so is a, a host exactly. of other. Yeah, so, that the so government you, labels so you, it. Right, Southern Southern Poverty Law Center understands that the KKK is in uh, a hate group. You can't just be, but yet there's that was a situation where they're in the South, and they're allowed to congregate under the. So you know, there's there's a reason you have. So such provisions in place because you have organizations that are um, that are that are gathered and they're already coming with they they're already up to no good just by virtue of their existence. Yeah. So only they they're only going to attract people who if they're only going to attract people who either want to be a part of that and add to the hate or people who want to stop who are really standing up for what's what's right and and for good and for the safety of the community yeah. and they're there to stop it that's only going to cause a conflict so that's my issue with it that i really haven't i really haven't seen people really articulate or whatever but it's just like they have no business congregate out in the open like that protected by police and all of that it's like what do you expect yeah you know and some, and if we had a wise president that wasn't scared of what um, you know the southerners would say, you know southern white folks would say or whatever, then yeah, you you would probably have somebody that would that would that would articulate that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. But um, but to give to be fair, you know what I mean? And to a lot of people who are pro Trump, they see it as you know he didn't want to jump to any conclusions. Um, because what is a fact though, is that there were, uh, these, you know, people that are denounced as like Antifa or anti-fascist or whatever, yeah. but they say Antifa, like it's Antifa. a negative, right? Yeah. Um, but there were Antifa agitators. There were, there were people that like, you know, unprovoked, but they're agitating. Now, and so if you're, if you were, if you were with the, uh, you know, down there with the KKK folks and all of that, the white supremacists, if you were there and you saw that, it would look like, you know, hey, they started it or whatever. And a lot of people yeah. have that narrative. So again, you know, just in being fair, analyzing that situation, well, it, it, will, it, it did come from both sides. My only thing is, I will the say protesters were all mad. So, for all I know, they could have been sent there. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I didn't. It didn't seem like it was a genuine growth of a. I don't know. It, it's 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 it seemed like real funny. So I can understand Trump saying, I can understand somebody in that particular scenario with no wisdom of history or anything like that, um, saying like, you know, well, you know, 
it seemed like they were good people on both sides. I would say they something in conclusion. Go ahead. Yeah, I I find that if when Trump was briefed on the situation and he heard that there were um, protesters, um, you know, the alt right or white nationalists, um, and then we had the um, anti white nationalists, anti you know, alt right. So the protesters and the counter protesters, when he heard a young lady had lost their life, place it within that context when he got up there as the president of the United States, whether or not he thought that there were good people on both sides or whether it was, you know, evil people on both sides, it was his mm-hmm. job to put a bandage on it. It was his job to, to let Americans know that there's no place for this. And whether or not there probably were good people on both sides. But as the president of the United States, when you give them when you give the all right and you give white nationalists, when you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. So as the president, he should condemned it on his face. He should have, you know, put a stop to it right there. And I, I get what you're saying, but when mm-hmm. you're the president of the United States, everything you do is underneath a microscope. So, yeah. um, yeah, that might very well yeah, be. That's why he didn't want to do. He didn't want to lose that that fan base. Yeah, and I feel like okay, yeah, Trump, Trump probably Trump probably isn't Trump probably isn't racism, but the racists believe he's a racist because of some of the things he says, because of some of the things he pushes, and mm-hmm. a lot of his policy comes across as being heartless. You know, this is a man who said that he wanted to gather up thousands and thousands of illegal, you know, immigrants and deport them or lock them up. You know, this is he, he, he tweeted out a million, a million. He said he he said they were going to remove a million people from the country. Dude, two weeks ago, he said next week we're going to remove a million people with the help of ICE out of the country. This is on his Twitter page. And this and is somebody who's doing policy from a Twitter account. You know, like... That's why I got my, my, my petition, man. Get Donald Trump off Twitter. You know what I mean? Look that up on change.org. Go, go to my Instagram page, GradyGram716, and you will find that link in my bio. Um, I think eesh, we need we need millions of signatures, man. Yeah, you know what I mean, like like because it, it really needs to happen. I think him or whoever's managing that account, they're constantly endangering our people, our troops, and things are and things are not even being done. Exactly, and then uh, and the worst part about it is when it's on Twitter, you yeah. don't have to answer any question. Like you, you don't have to be accountable for it. Yeah, most definitely. Like, you don't have to answer it to anybody. Like, you know what I mean? People just comment whatever. He just put his push, push whatever out there, and then that's that. Nah, we can't have that, man. At least if it's set in front of some cameras, people could question him or call him out. Or, you know what I mean? You get a genuine reaction from humans. Most definitely. I mean, I completely agree. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is your position? Kind of doing a little caveat here. We have you know, a few minutes left. Um... We see President Trump is visiting North Korea. Um, yeah. What is your What are your thoughts on his visit to the to the uh, Korean Peninsula? Man, you know they said today that he was uh, um, the first president to ever cross into North Korea. Yeah, the demilitarized zone. Yeah, so yeah. Well, well, he was at the demilitarized zone, and he and um, you know, he crossed into North Korea from there. Uh, he, he, he he so yeah he crossed the uh the what do they call it the demarcation yeah line or something like that 
Um, yeah, he whatever line that was. Um, pretty much. Where the, where the president of North Korea and South Korea had actually like planted that seed. Yeah. Um, you know, some months ago, whatever, whatever that was, he crossed that line into North Korea. I mean, he didn't go. He didn't go far into it, but. It was more supposed to be symbolic. Symbolic, um, yeah. And it and it is and it is. And I w- I want to say this. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy we're going in the right direction. But I don't want to just. I don't want him to do it just for a Nobel Peace Prize. I want it to be, you know, some solid policy. You know, let's build with North Korea. Let's get them to denuclearize. I don't expect them to give up all of their nuclear weapons as the State Department and Mike Pompeo do, but I, I do expect them to reduce their stockpile. Well, well why, why, do you, why do you want them to denuclearize? I want them to reduce their stockpile because if they're going to be, if we're going to be in relations, if they're going to come to the table at the United Nations, there are international laws, there are international um, treaties saying that, look, if you want to be a, a, a you know, a, a, a nuclear power, you have to be underneath these guys. You have to be underneath these laws. You can't just be a rogue nation and continue to develop um, intercontinental ballistic missiles without coming to the table and, you know, basically signing on. And not you don't necessarily have to be an ally of the United States, but you do have to follow international laws, whether it be, you know, Geneva laws or, you know, uh, the different treaties that have been put into place to protect other countries. You can't just mm-hmm. be a uh, you can't just be a a country who's proliferating at a at a high speed and building ICMBs and not have the willingness to come to the United Nations, come to the table and be diplomatic. So until North mm-hmm. Korea can do that, they don't deserve the right to continue to build their stockpile because they're becoming more and more of a threat. And okay, yes, the chances of them building the ICMB will. From according to reports, they actually have constructed one that can reach the mainland or the United mm-hmm. States. Now, whether or not we can intercept it with us, our system called FAD, Terminal High Altitude Air Defense, um, you know, that remains to be seen. Like I said, we have the technology, whether it will work or not, that remains to be seen. But they are a threat. And I don't, I doubt that he'll ever react because he knows that as soon as he's aggressive, the United States will take that as a preemptive strike, and we will pretty much have him removed. He knows that once he does something to the United States, it's pretty much his regime is over. So I doubt so what that. Makes them a, so what makes them a threat then, if they know that? What makes it a threat is because we look at countries like Japan. We look at um Japan. We look at you know the countries surrounding North Korea, who he's mm-hmm. threatened. Um. Just recently, up a couple months ago, um, South Korea um, was a female. Her name was, um, I'm sorry, Park Boon Hey. She was the former president of South Korea. She's now sitting in a jail cell on corruption charges. But before mm-hmm. Moon Jae, now it's Moon Jae but um, Park Boon Hey, she, she was in the process of building the relationship. But um, Kim Jong un had threatened South Korea with missiles and missile launches. And mind you, we have soldiers stationed on the peninsula ready to, you know, defend um South Korea. Right. They they've refused our help in terms of our um our air defense system because it's costly and they would have to pay the bill. But um I do fear for China and South Korea I mean Japan and South Korea because I believe that if he were to attack, 
he would most certainly attack them because they're within short distance and because they're vulnerable. I don't think he's going to attack the United States, but that could be possibly millions of lives lost in Japan and South Korea. Um, well, I have um, I have mixed feelings on it. While I, I do, I am concerned about um, getting blown to smithereens by uh, a nuclear weapon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am. I'm also. I, I also feel like you know who is the United States yeah. to police anybody. You know what I'm saying. And even when you mention the United Nations, um, it would seem that um, most of the time the leverage being used to denuclearize these uh, um, countries is like the United States. Yeah. And um, but the United States has to me, committed the biggest atrocities when it comes to, um, you know, weapons of mass destruction. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you look back to the Korean War, um, which, uh, you know, separated North and South Korea and all of that, um, they were actually, um, there was, you know, every time, people always talk about uh, the United States bombing Hiroshima and Nagasaki yeah. in Japan. You know, so the U.S., Right there is um, the only country on record to have used a, a nuclear weapon, at least that one of, you know, on people. Of that magnitude, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, they're, and they're still, and you know, they're still feeling the effects the effect of today. Of course. You formed sea life from that incident still to this day. Who knows what type of mutations this shit is going on over there. But um, But people talk about that. But the bombing campaign that went on by the U.S. during the Korean War was actually worse than that. There were over there were about two million people that were murdered uh, between you know North and South Korea, whatever, from yeah. the bombing campaign that the United States took place, took place. Of course, the person that was in power at the time was the father of Kim Jong Un. Yeah. So for for something like that to be, I mean, if your father witnessed. You know, so many so many deaths. Like when it when it when it came to where North Korea is or whatever, there was like there was only like a, a you know a couple buildings up here and there. Like like they literally wiped a lot of people out. Yeah. So you don't think North Korea should be held responsible for for threatening the United States or the mainland with with uh, a missile or pointing a missile at a country and threatening them? You don't think that, that should be that's provocative? Is, what I'm saying, well. I didn't know that they pointed a missile at anybody and threatened them um, in a way that wasn't in that we could say wasn't a response. Now, to me, what I'm saying is I think we can't expect them with that type of paranoia and that type of history to be so willing to give up their arms when America already has essentially like, you know, done so much damage to them. You know what I mean? That doesn't go away. If you're like that, that man, the man who's in power, his father witnessed that happen. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, like, that's and, a good and that's one of the first things I said was I don't agree with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo when they said that they want they want them to give up their you know either give up your nuclear program or a regime change. And yeah, I don't, see, I don't, I don't when think it comes that, to like that. That's that's completely. That's completely on call for, and that by itself is provocative. That's that. Those are those are fighting words. Like if we really like 
bring those down to like, you know, on a human mono mono level or whatever, like, you know, you know, you know put your gun down or else, I mean, you got to give up your seat type shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that, whatever, like, do this or else, that's already provocative. That's already saying, like, I'm going to beat your ass if you don't do it or whatever. So that's already going to put somebody on guard. Why do we think it's different when it comes on a national level? It's no different. I think it's unreasonable for them to, it's almost, it's, it almost, if you think of it on a strategic level and knowing that about the Korean war, it's, it almost be stupid for them to do something like that. I, I, I doubt they ever will. That's why my expectation for them would be to reduce their stockpile, just like any other country. If, if it was Pakistan doing it, if it was India doing mm-hmm. it, our request would be the same, but this is a country who has one of the worst human rights. Um, they have, um, prisons, you know, where if if you're the son of somebody who steals and they lock you up, they lock your mother up. If 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 one leaves the mm. country, if you run away from the country, they not only do they when they catch you do they lock you up, but while you're while you're missing, they lock your complete family up. So this is a, a country who has the worst mm. human rights on on record. You know, we have um the killing of the opposition, uh, you know, defectors. You know, if you even think about crossing the DMZ, the demilitarized zone, you're shot dead by, you know, uh, North Korean soldiers. Um, I've seen many people attempt to escape. You know, some have, you know, some have gotten through, some have lost their life. Mm. Some, some of them have lost their life. So, you know, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I agree. Listen, People say, well, why does, why, does, why does the United States want to get involved? Why don't we just mind our business? I'm I'm a liberal who has a position where I don't believe in separationists. I don't believe in isolationism. But I do believe that being in the United States, we do have a responsibility. Not to govern mm-hmm. other countries, but to make sure that they're not oppressing their people in ways that North Korea, Venezuela, the Philippines, like what's been going on in all these countries, Turkey, where people are being starved, people are being, you know, uh, intentionally starved. I mean, food being redirected or or not even put on the shelf or ordered not even to be put out. So, you know, that's where, and I kind of get like emotional when I talk about it because you know, we have these strong men and these strongholds. By all means, if you want to run your country, run your country. But you don't kill people. You don't. You don't treat people as such. Mm-hmm. I. I. I mean. And, I, and, I, and everybody I, shares I, the I, sentiment. Everybody shares the sentiment that you feel, and that's why I like the fact that I have you on the show because you always, you know, you're not afraid to like, look, to disagree, and that's what I like. And there are a lot of people who feel the way you feel, you know, and I just, and I'm going to have my views. You're going to have, yeah, I'm going to have my views. You're going to have, I never want to try to, you know, uh, stymie somebody's views, but I just try Mm -hmm. to get them to see my, you know, where I'm coming from, just as I see where you're coming from. And all Mm -hmm. I'm saying is North Korea can have every right to have nuclear weapons, but there, when there are laws, we live, you know, even in, in in war, there are laws. There are international laws. Even in wartime, you cannot do what you want. You cannot kill your own people with, with chemical weapons. You cannot do, you know, it, there there are laws. And if I've known many of leaders who are rotting in a jail cell right now because of their, you know, they've turned the other cheek during genocides and, you know, they've done everything they could do to gain order. 
even if it meant killing innocent women, children, or men. So, you many know. Of, many, many of leaders, but I, get, I bet you none of those leaders are American. No, none, none, none of them are. As of, as of today, as of this day, there is not one president who has been put in jail. For any for or or convicted of any war crimes. No, correct. When, there there are two presidents who were. When me at my age, I've seen I've been around for four presidencies. Yes. Uh, I guess longer. I guess maybe four. I think this is my fourth one or fifth one. Fourth or fifth one or whatever. Uh, You're getting up there in age. <laughs> I, was, I was I was born in the. Uh, uh, in the fifties? No, I'm joking. The second book was president. And I was born, I was born in eighty seven. So, so Reagan. That's that's the Reagan era. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. 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 Because then eighty eight. Oh, uh, that's when Bush comes in. And so, you know, so I, I don't know. However many presidents that is, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they've all they've all committed war crimes. You know what I mean? Crimes, whether it's uh, crimes against other people, against yeah. Americans, um, ge- you know, taking part in genocide, funding genocide. America is funding a genocide right the fuck now. Yeah. And with what's going on with Yemen and in the arms deal that they have with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? If you, yeah. And, and, you know, this is something that started in the Obama era. So Obama, yeah. you know, can't uh, distance himself from that. We already know about Bush and the weapons of mass destruction situation. You can go back and back. Can I can I just I, say the the Yemen? That is a war that is not really known. That is a civil war between you know the Houthi rebels and and it's not really known. And and like you ask a lot of people, what's going on in Yemen? A lot of them don't know. So I'm glad you brought up Yemen and the situation in Yemen with the Houthi rebels and. And you right. know the, the the groups that are you know terrorizing Yemen, and like you said, the United States they've directly funded and sometimes they indirectly funded. I know that to be true. Right. So, you want to go back to like Iran Contra or yeah, you know what I'm of saying? course. Like, there's plenty of these are war, these are crimes. These are crimes. And that, but I say I like to say though that you know when it just comes to like police, yeah. you know what I'm saying I like I like my police non-corrupt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Non- <laughs> I like my police that actually you know stand on good uh, moral ground. You know what I mean? Have a good moral compass about them. You know what I mean? I don't I don't want no no cop that's gonna uh, rob me and then. You know, to put me in jail for having weed, then rob me for my weed, smoke half of it, and then sell the you know can, like, can I just say two presidents that should have been thrown in jail? Number one, Reagan, because he was, you know, arms for hostages during the Iran Contra affair. He claimed he had no yeah. knowledge, but we have direct proof that he had knowledge. Um, yeah, knowledge. You know, and, and Nixon, who led one of the worst bombing campaigns in Cambodia, um, I'm sorry, in uh, in Vietnam. Secretly, mm-hmm. you know, whether mm-hmm. was, so, you know, those are two presidents who I thought were deplorable to me. Exactly, and and even when it comes to those things, we and motive motive is important. A lot of times, I don't think we really get to the, the true motive of you know these war crimes that are being committed. So we never really can boil down to like where we can hold somebody even that much accountable. Because you know they operate in trust schools, but that's you know that's, I could we could go off on a tangent on that one, but 
all, all I'm saying is, you know what I mean? I don't like dirty cops. You know what I'm saying? So in America right now, if in playing that role, it's a dirty cop. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Of course. Of nothing, course. Nothing more, nothing less. And how you going to tell this man that you done shot up, you know, 10, 10 15 years ago, you know what I mean? Shot up his, his, his whole family and all of that, whatever. How you going to tell that man to put his, put his weapons down or else? And yeah. then expect him to be compliant. It's, it's realistic. You know what I mean? So when it comes to, to, to answer your question, though, straight up, um, I, I, I have no, I'm, I'm pretty neutral on what happened. Like, it's yeah. like, all right, we'll see what happens next. I mean, yeah. early, earlier this year, they were having talks and, you know, those talks fell through. Uh, those talks fell through. Um, which is like, you know, I don't want to hold, listen, I got a lot of shit to hold against the president, but I'm not going to hold that in particular against the president. Um, but I'm just, you know, we'll, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Everything, all I know is smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, yeah, thank Bishop you for having me. Bishop Grady, and just to let the uh, listeners know that um, Bishop Grady is actually going to be having his own show on Political Depot um, within the next week. The show yeah. should start up. We're definitely going to give you all the times when everything is, you know, put into place. So just definitely stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got we got something cooking for y'all. Black Hawks news. You know what I mean? That's news with a Z at the end. Uh, if you want to taste of what's, what it's going to be, you know, definitely text. Look that up on all platforms. You can go to blackfoxnews.com, um, or you can look it up on Instagram, YouTube. Definitely hit the subscribe and follow buttons and, and, and really, you know, get a flow for what it is. And, yeah, you'll, you'll, definitely, be, you'll definitely enjoy it, you know? Thank you for joining us, um, Bishop Brady. Thank you for joining us today on this episode and thank you to our special guest CEO of Black Fox News Bishop Grady don't forget to download us on iTunes and Spotify search Political Depot I'm your host Marcus Boyer